Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm editor Candace Gibson, joined by staff writer Jane McGrath. Hey there. In a pretty recent podcast we did about the Spanish Inquisition, I got really excited talking about blood and gore, and so we decided that despite the fact I'm a pretty girly girl, mm-hmm. we would devote a podcast today to torture, and not just any type of torture, the really, really, really grisly kind, medieval torture. Yeah, and so. uh, may I say you're a little bizarre for being so excited <laughs> about this, but um, it is really interesting in a gruesome kind of way. Um, speaking of the Inquisition, when we were re- when I was uh, reading for that podcast, I, uh, I remember reading that the people would see others uh, getting tortured, and often that was just enough to get them to confess. I mean, reading about all these different kinds of torture made me want to confess whatever it is anyone wanted to, know. you know. It's just amazing. Sort of like watching American Idol tryouts. You're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I feel so bad. Just stop right now. Yeah. Um, so before we get into with some of the devices that we're going to tell you guys about, and you'll be squirming in just a few minutes soon enough, um, hold on to your shorts, let's just go over to torture and a pretty broad definition of torture is that it's bodily or mental pain exacted for a specific reason. And three of those main reasons are for punishment, for getting information, or for obtaining a confession. And torture is carried out by a figure of authority. So those are the parameters. Yeah, that's right. And it's interesting. um, Another side effect to torture um, a little plus for the authorities who are who are um, enacting it is that it could be like a public display to deter uh, others from committing such crimes and that's the case uh, for many of these and throughout history we've seen torture practiced and in, in all different eras and through all different ways and from the very beginning I think it's had its opponents and defenders and you may be surprised to know that torture has had its defenders and opponents throughout history. Aristotle was one of the earliest defenders of torture. I was a little surprised to find that yeah, out because know that. you know you think of a philosopher someone who's being introspective and really thinking about what you're doing to the human body and the separation of you know like the mind and and mm-hmm. then the body itself. But no, he was he was pretty much an advocate of it. And another was Sir Francis Bacon. But when you move on to the Enlightenment era and you have thinkers really being thoughtful about things and and life and the nature of being and crime and punishment, you see a lot more opponents coming into play. For human rights, I bet. And exactly. Coming out, yeah. In our modern era, even around the 19th century, that was when you see people really turning away from torture. And um, it was a crime by then to hurt or to be violent toward a criminal suspect. And now we are very active in pursuing torturers, you know, uh, calling out human rights violations. Sure. The United Nations has councils that go and investigate. They follow tips. And with the war on terror today, mm-hmm. it's a, hot it's a very hot button topic. Yeah. Exactly. So um, we, we see that attitudes toward torture and political prisoners are a whole other can of worms. So mm-hmm. we're going to stick to the medieval era for right now. That's right. And what's interesting about the medieval era, almost like the Salem witchcraft trials that we see later on in early America, was that torture itself was a trial, and you could reveal your innocence or your guilt by how you responded to the pain. That's right. It's a little ironic, if you go back to sort of the roots to a lot of these torture devices, is that some of them were originally developed in Roman times, and they were used uh, often against Christians, and it's just very 
ironic because by the medieval era in in using in inquisitions uh and stuff like that it was christians were using it against christian heretics right and the strange thing about about these devices that was that people were very seriously contemplating how they could do the most bodily harm to people and not just kill them swiftly Almost the that exact opposite. Yeah. That would be yeah. too easy. That would be like the the guillotine when we told you guys about the French Revolution and how the guillotine was intended to be a humanitarian yeah. death device. And you can see that by looking at all these. Yeah. Exactly. These wanted to kill you slowly. And not softly. Slowly. <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado, we shall take it away. Um, the first one I wanted to talk about was the uh, Brazen Bull, which is really interesting. I don't know if... Uh, it's like a Sly Stallone movie, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I had never heard of this before looking into this, but um, it was a hollow brass statue, basically, and brass was important because it could heat up quickly. Um, and the, uh, basically, it was hollow and it's shaped like a bull, and so it had a trap door for someone to climb inside. And often they would cut your tongue out even before you climbed in. Um, a little extra kick right there <laughs> and uh and so you climb in and they'd shut the door behind you and so you'd be trapped in this bowl and they would lit a f- light a fire underneath so that it would heat up and you basically you would you would slowly die in this agony of heat and um it's an interesting story behind this too because um the inventor is a guy named Perilous. Uh, according to the writings of Lucian, at least, we don't know if this is just legend, but um he invented this and he was so proud of it. He actually stuck uh, flutes in the nostrils of the brazen bull so that people screaming when it came out could sound like a bull's noise and oh so people gosh. watching could get entertainment out of this. So he's showing this off. He's like, look at what I just invented and he shows this this guy named Feralus who who is a famous tyrant at the time and Feralus says, oh yeah, that's, that's great um, but I don't think the flutes will actually work. Why don't you climb inside and show me? And as you might expect, uh, Feralis, uh, closed the, the door behind him and, and the inventor ends up being the first victim to this oh, brazen no. bull. Yeah. Was it a success? Uh, yes, he died. In fact, you call that a success. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. So check to that one. Okay. My turn. Okay. I think one of my favorites, if I can say that, that's sort of odd. So I retract that immediately. Okay. One of the most interesting <laughs> ones, I think, is the rack. And it's a pretty simple concept. The suspect or criminal or heretic, et cetera, et cetera, is tied down and a crank or a wheel tightens the ropes that are attached to his limbs and slowly stretches the body. And usually it stretches so tightly and so tautly to the point where limbs are dislocated and some can even be torn off. And um, if you were on the rack, it was called being racked or broken on the rack. And there were some variations on the rack, one of which was called the horse. And the suspect was tied to a, a beam, which looked almost like the horse's back facing mm-hmm. up and pulleys down below, pulled the limbs down, breaking them. And so you were lying, you know, supine and, and completely broken on the horse. And at that point, you were meant to give your confession. And this one, I guess it could have killed you, and I guess some were designed to kill you. Mm-hmm. You probably would have been killed eventually from blood loss or I agony bet. or some sort of shock that you went into, but again, dying very, very slowly. And one of the funniest things to me about the rack is that um, everything old is new again because there is a 
uh, doctor at the Beverly Hills Physical Medicine Center who has reinvented the rack, not to torture people, but actually to <laughs> help them. And after about six years worth of tests and trial, he has con- he's created this controlled stretching device and you get a 45 minute session and it's to help lower back pain, herniated discs or degenerated discs. And the concept is you lie down and uh, the stretching creates a vacuum between the vertebrae and your back and hmm. whatever disc may be herniated or giving you grief actually gets sucked back into place. Wow. So again, I think that that is kind of amazing. And this news comes courtesy to us through the, um, comes courtesy to us through the Medical Devices and Surgical Technology Week publication. I was so excited to read about it. And this was published, I think, in 2003. So I'm not sure if it is still in years. Okay. But what a fanciful idea. Way to you go. You sound like you want to try it out. I do. Mm. My my back pain is mostly uh, upper back pain. I just uh, I ran a marathon over the weekend. Yeah, so I'm still yeah. carrying it. But we'll see. Wow. Well, one, one torture device that I hope does not come back... Um, <laughs> Is the wheel, which is it's a famous torture device that uh, a body could be put on this. Ba- it's just a giant wheel, basically. You're stretched over the wheel, and um, you could do a couple different things. They're very creative about this. Um, they could just roll the wheel down a rocky hill, which is my favorite. Um, or they could mount it so that it could swing or turn on an axle, basically. And they could put whatever they want to roll your body over, whether it was hot coals or spikes or whatever. Um, and uh, often after they put you on the wheel, they would put the wheel um, on a pole uh, high up uh, out in the daytime uh, for the hot sun to basically bake you. Um, and also you'd have to fight back the crows that oh, were... Gosh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, not my favorite. These people were rough. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Are you guys still with us? Can you handle this? How about the steak? The steak, uh, a pretty straightforward concept. And what's distinctive about the steak in the midst of these others that we've been discussing is that it was definitely fatal. And um, you would die pretty much guaranteed within about half an hour. That's when you would start to lose consciousness. And if you've been... I don't know, under a rock, and you don't know what the stake is. Basically, it's a, a an upright pole, yeah. usually made of, of wood, and you're tied to it, and underneath is a pile of very, very dry wood and a fire. So you become a human bonfire, essentially. So even though you lose consciousness within about half an hour, it could take two hours before the victim completely burned to death. That was something that I didn't know before. I just thought, um, you're, you know, someone bur- burning at the stake, it wouldn't be too long, you know, but to hear that it could take up to two hours, that's... It's just wild. Yeah. And during the Inquisition, uh, the Inquisitors, I guess they thought they were doing the confessors a favor when they would strangle them before they were burned yeah. to spare them the agony. That's true, yeah. But the heretics, they would allow to be consumed by fire. And if you were in the Netherlands and you were being burned at the stake, you had a really awful fate awaiting you because they had a little preemptive measure that they took to muffle the victim's screams, and that was smushing the tongue between two plates of hot iron. Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I've read that this sort of these sort of things added to the entertainment of the people watching, and that's the most gruesome part about this. I mean, I've said that over and over again, but I, know. Um, that, that's I, I keep terrible. calling them gruesome, and I'm being just as much a voyeur as they are. So I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. Know. You're you're weirding me out right now. Um, But yeah, the the fact that people got entertainment out of this is uh, very horrifying. Another one uh, that's infamous uh, for uh, terrible torture is Iron Maiden. You've probably heard of it. Um, It's basically this upright casing for a victim to step into. And um, 
people actually didn't think it actually existed. It was sort of a legend for a little while until they finally found one in Germany in the 20th century. Yeah, people really did think it was fictional, and they found it in Nuremberg, and so sometimes it's actually called the Iron Maiden of Nuremberg. Mm -hmm. And like Jane was saying, it it has these spikes inside of it, so once you're led inside the casing and the door is shut, the spikes are designed to pierce your organs. But, like we were saying, killing me slowly, remember the mantra of all Mm -hmm. medieval torture devices, the spikes weren't long enough to go completely through your organs, so they would prick them, and you, you would very, very slowly bleed to death. Yeah, and the worst part, I think, is the two spikes that are meant for your eyes as oh well. Oh my gosh, yeah. I can't even handle it. So no. I'm going to tell you guys about a special version of the Iron Maiden that was modeled after a religious figure in Spain, and that was the Virgin Mary. And it was designed so that it looked like the Virgin Mary was hugging the victim, but when the door was closed, uh, she had spikes within her embrace that would oh. pierce into your body. That's, so. that's not right. No, definitely not, definitely not. In the interim, if you want to learn more about medieval torture devices or if you need a break from all of that and just want to read about the royalty of medieval England, we won't blame you. But just be sure to visit our website at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the Stuff You Missed in History Class blog on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. 